This is a HeadGum Original. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Power of good, indeed. Was there none left in all Middle-earth with strength to aid our dying cause? The Lord of the Nazgul, Sauron, second in command, a creature of the supernatural. And so no living man could hinder him, nor bring him harm in any way. He was invulnerable. Another episode of Newcomers, and we're watching more Lord of the Rings. Oh boy. Oh boy. Wow. I'm Nicole Bach. <laughs> I'm Lauren Lapkus. <laughs> and we've never seen Lord of the Rings, and that's a lie because now we've seen basically everything there is and more. Yeah. And we are sad now. <laughs> <laughs> It's getting it's it's truly incredible. Uh, we've watched the Hobbit trilogies. We've watched the three Lord of the Rings. We've now watched the Hobbit cartoon and now three cartoon Lord of the Rings. Um, we'll oh. be revisiting fanfics, spinoffs, video games in the weeks to come. And we for this episode, we watched the animated Return of the King, which is available on DVD and VHS. So good luck. And um, it it comes individually or as a box trilogy along with the Rankin ba- Bass. What? Rankin? Yep. Is it Bass or Bass when it's someone's um, name? I guess Bass? Bass? I don't know. Yeah, Bass. Lance Bass. Right. Okay, th- thank you. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Hobbit and Bakshi's Lord of the Rings. So it's unfortunately not available on streaming platforms, but I think that I'd be fortunate and I think it's okay. And I think you guys will be okay if you don't yeah. see it. 
And if you saw it as a kid or something, maybe you'll know and you'll remember. Um, last week, we punished Michelle Collins <laughs> with um, the animated Lord of the Rings. And she's a fan of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And she was like, this thing is not good. What are your thoughts real quick about Return of the King in cartoon form? So for me, I would say bad. I would agree. And uh, uh, yes, and that bad to very bad. Uh, why? Yeah. Like fucking Biblo is back. I was like, he's not supposed to be here. Uh, he's even older. What the fuck? And then I looked away for a minute and then I came back and they were babies, like Muppet babies. <laughs> Do you remember that part? Uh-huh. I truly. And then the songs, I was like, look, these songs, I listen to like Jim Croce and I like like 70s folk mm-hmm. music. This is this is annoying. Yeah. The songs are they bother me. They were bad songs. There was no bops. I didn't want to dance. Uh, they were lulling me to sleep and I had to like open my eyes and be like, you must <laughs> Keep watching so you can talk about it later. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Well, I mean, I think we could go on and on about our negative feelings, but I really I'm hoping our guests didn't hate it as much as we did because we just truly we need a win here. Mm -hmm. No pressure. But we're (laughs) so excited for our guest today, Miel Bredo. Miel is a comedian, podcaster, and musician, and she's a fellow HeadGum podcaster who hosts the pop song revision show, Punch Up the Jam. And she stars in the TV comedy series, Camp Unplug, and just released her debut musical music album, Tourist Season, this past July. So go check that out and welcome Miel. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you oh my for God. doing this. Thank you for Bless watching your this. Uh, <laughs> it was honestly you. not a problem. It was. Um, we, that's so good to hear. Like that's it? so good to hear. Like is a strong word. Okay. Did you okay. tolerate it? Um, a couple of the songs are stuck in my head. So. Oh. I think that's a positive. When you go on an empty <laughs> forest. <laughs> I, this man has the tightest vibrato I've ever heard. It was like nice. on a massage chair the entire movie. Totally. <laughs> Have you guys seen it before? No, you haven't seen any of this. That's the whole point of the no, podcast, right? I've no, never yeah. seen it. I didn't even know it existed until we started watching Lord of the Rings. I was like, so not only is there a live action one that's a thousand hours long, there's also cartoon ones that are all fucked up and weird. And their skin tone is like somewhere between mud and jaundice. It's so strange. <laughs> what is that yes. crayon called? Everyone was very sick looking. Have you <laughs> seen that? Had you seen this before, like as a kid? Very, very like bits and pieces in my head because I was very young and it was probably just on in the background. But Gollum... I very much remember that Shape of Water prequel, motherfucker. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I didn't realize I remembered it until I was watching it. And then some of the tunes too, like um, the orcs have a song, which mm-hmm. <laughs> of all the characters to have a song, I think orcs are the worst ones. No. <laughs> Why would they yeah. be joyfully singing about being literally whipped? I don't know. But that's so listen. <laughs> Sometimes you have to find the joy in being whipped. Okay. <laughs> I I I feel like that Gollum was like oddly not offensive to me. Like he was kind of just like, yeah, because we've seen some of the ugliest Gollums at this point. Yeah. This Gollum was kind of cute. Which one was your ugliest? The uh, I think the live action Gollum is maybe the worst with his six strands of hair and 
just name their places. And it's like, <laughs> oh Andy my Serkis god, too. can you get a hobby? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I was a little let down. I feel like tonally there was some serious miscommunications between <laughs> every person that worked on this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, Casey Kasem voicing Mary was very weird. <laughs> oh, I didn't clock that. I saw his name in the opening and I was like, what is happening? This is so <laughs> 70s to be like, that's good voiceover casting. Yeah. Like, well, he does a lot of radio. And also like <laughs> Sam is randomly British and no one else is. Uh, I didn't even put that. I didn't even realize. No, that. I didn't. I was so upset watching this that I didn't clock any of these things. Did you guys? Um, do you happen to recall when Casey Kasem was on Say by the Bell? No. Um, I feel like I do. Was there like some sort of dance? Yeah, it's like the radio contest, dance contest mm-hmm. thing. Did he, he play was himself? Like, I think he did. Um, yeah. Oh but God. I I just always love that show because I feel like when I watch it now, I just think about how it was written by people who were born in the fifties. And so like they like really love that era. And so they're like Casey Kasem and like no one would care. But by the way, the new Save the Bell uh, trailer looks so good. It and does Tracy Wigfield really, wrote it. Really great. Oh my God. It looks good. It looks like funny and smart and it interesting. Does. So I'm really excited. I'm excited. Also. So I was watching the trailer last night. Then I went on IMDb and I didn't realize for how few years Saved by the Bell was actually on. Like the original one oh God, was not yeah. on for that long. The new class was on for a very long time. Wow. And that one was worse. It was very bad. And then the college years only lasted for a year. I couldn't believe it. I was like, is my childhood a lie? The college years is really worth revisiting. I, <laughs> I kind of feel like that's the direction Lord of the Rings should have gone. Like, I want to see like the. Oh, my God. Yes. Right. Like, I don't need to see the same story over and over again told horribly each yes. time. Like, I can read a book. But like that Stormtrooper adaptation they did with like the new Star Wars, you know, like what happens when one defects? Like, I want to see the mm. orc story. Oh, my God. I would love that. I feel like that if we could do Gollum, the college years, <gasps> I feel like this would be like. <laughs> he into did he play baseball like did he meet anyone like did he start to get more confidence or like what he's trying to find like uh college groups that are into rings and everyone's like you fucking freak (laughs) he's into smelting big time into smelting (laughs) okay where do we think he stands on the partisan divide here Gollum. (laughs) well he's he's all about the self you know young socialists so no no (laughs) i don't think so (laughs) he's trying to be monarchies back keeping his wealth so i think maybe (laughs) he's fiscally republican and socially moderate (laughs) maybe just socially just so he can get through like interactions with friends at college Mm -hmm. is that what you were thinking Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's like He'll just say things, but he doesn't really mean it. He kind of vibes incel. Yeah, like he'll wear the mask because he's like, I don't want to be pro- like persecuted. <laughs> yeah, like let's not even start this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Miel, are you a fan of Lord of the Rings? Like, do you love it? Do you hate it? Who's to say? Um, It's complicated. I, I do. I love it, but it is a different type of love. I grew up um, in like a secular household and Lord of the Rings was the closest thing to like a religious text we had growing up. (laughs) We read it. My mom read it to us as kids, like as a bedtime story. Wow. She actually in the seventies made handmade these maps, like exact recreations of 
all of Mordor and beyond um, out of leather and like hand. That's amazing. I know they're crazy. And she made like seven of them and like distributed them. They're probably worth so much money now, but I grew up looking at them and thinking that was a map of the world. Like, Like I very much thought all of these things were true because I was like a little too young to get it. And at any point I was like, I hope I don't run into Shelob in these woods. Like <laughs> I didn't really understand mm, it wasn't reality. Shelob. That's the spider, right? Yeah. Are you kidding? Oh, uh, uh, come on. You don't have a crush yeah. on Shelob? Well, Girl it's, it's Tony Shaloub. It's Tony Shaloub. Mm, yes, Tony Shaloub. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Lauren, for uh, bringing it down to my level. Uh, yeah, I that's a translate. name I couldn't pronounce. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that it's like, it is one of the most iconic stories, I think, of the last, I mean, since the Bible, probably. So, like, I'm kind of into it for that reason. And I also think so many modern stories are directly or indirectly ripping it. So, like, I love it for that reason. But um, the way people have interpreted the story and made things, I have a lot of issues with, of course. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know why this had to be a musical. I'll say it. (laughs) I'm brave enough to say it. Don't know why we needed tunes. No. Yeah, I didn't really like the music. I truly felt like it was just making the movie drag on. The, yes, the music was bored of itself. Yes. Like it was like, I'm trying to tell you. And it was like, <laughs> oh my God, like get to the next thing. Like do it. Like it was like they would sing a song while then they're all sitting there. And there was one point where like Mary, I think was like, are we going to get to eat anytime soon? Or like whatever. Maybe he was Casey Kasem, so he didn't say like that. But then they're like, just let him sing a song or whatever. It was like, move it along. Even the characters are annoyed that it's taking this long. Yes. Also, like whoever wrote these tunes very much was on whatever rhyme zone was before the internet. Like every rhyme was so on the nose. It was like the ring bearer cries, the ring wearer dies. And you're like, okay, (laughs) what school of songwriting did we go to? (laughs) Well, speaking of the music, we've learned that many musicians have been inspired by the lore and imagery of Lord of the Rings, including Rush and Led Zeppelin And even they sometimes name characters and locations in their lyrics. And last week we learned that Mick Jagger desperately wanted to play the role of Frodo in the 1978 Lord of the Rings cartoon. Mm -hmm. And what? (laughs) So we're wondering as a musician and comedian, has the Lord of the Rings influenced your work at all? Or I mean, when I was like a teenager, all I'd write songs about were like ants and shit. You know what I mean? It was like very (laughs) in the woods. I just want, I don't know, like pure evil. But no, I've like never named a song like the Eye of Sauron or some shit. (laughs) Although I do want to hear that song. There is though, there is something like, When it was the 70s, the lore that we had to go off of Lord of the Rings was like a very different type of nerdy than it is today. And that is a reason why I've really not been super vocal about being a kind of super fan of Lord of the Rings is because I don't necessarily love the fan culture that's associated with Mm. it. Like, I used to follow this Tumblr, like when Tumblr first was invented, (laughs) the only page I followed was a Lord of the Rings fan page. (laughs) Wow. What did they nice. post? Yeah. Like, was, was it like, like images? They mostly were furious <laughs> at Sean Astin. Is that his name? I'm getting uh, yeah. second guessing myself now. There were two Sean Astin and Sean Beam. Okay, whatever. Um, 
how much they hated his casting. They were furious oh, that he was wow. cast. And that really? was mostly, yeah. Like it was like kind of pre-meme memes about like, we hate Sean Astin. That's so I funny. Mean, that's like log into Tumblr and like the only input you're getting is like this one guy in his dorm, like hating this one actor. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think it's pretty decent casting based on this cartoon. Not that he looks like the cartoon, but like kind of. If you were if you were casting solely based on the cartoons, I think they nailed it. <laughs> but in my mind, right? like, yeah, I didn't expect anyone to be so. Um, how do we say? I guess VJ esque. Everyone's voice, even Gandalf, was like, "The hobbits were going <laughs> to Isengard," <laughs> and you're like, "Okay." Well, everyone had to compete with Casey Kasem, so they were like, <laughs> yeah. "Let's put on our best announcer voice." I gotta say, Lord of the Nazgul, him being just eyes and a crown, I couldn't stop laughing. He just I turns like, invisible. This is so silly. And then when he <laughs> dies, his clothes are left. I truly was just like, tee hee. I can't believe I'm watching this. And there was one woman in the entire film. And it yes. is Eowyn yes. at the very end. And she's so hot. And I really wanted to see more of that type of drawing mm-hmm. throughout because all of the men were so yeah. ugly. They were so ugly. I hated every everybody. <laughs> yeah, everyone was pretty tough looking. And then she came in and she's like the cover of like a bath salt bag. Like, do you remember from the she- 90s? Those beautiful <laughs> illustrated <laughs> bath bags. <laughs> it was stunning. She looks like um, Shira or Shira. Yes, yes, Shira. Yeah. Also, yeah. Gandalf, uh, Den- Denethor, and Theoden look like three Shit. versions of Santa. <laughs> like one is like good Santa, one is like I've seen better days, and the other one's like evil Santa who's like a little thin and hungry. It's like Santa's in different countries. You're like, actually, the Swedish believe he looked feeble. And in no way he says, I also felt like, I also felt like they did Gandalf so dirty with like his general persona and vibe. Like when, I don't know, maybe I'm misremembering the books. I haven't read them in a long time, but he goes to flee Minas Tirith when like all is lost. He's like, yeah, fuck this. I think I'm going to go. And then Pippin's like, can I come? And he's like, yeah, hop on Shadowfax. Let's ride. I don't remember that part. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't tell you. I've never read the books. Well, we might. I'm hoping we don't get to that point. You know, I feel like some people are pushing for that. I'm praying <laughs> we don't get to that part. Also, did you see on Twitter? People were like, please don't do Medea movies. Do Marvel. And I was like, so people don't want us to have fun. We sounded excited to do Medea movies. And people were like, no. Literally, we were like, oh, my God, that'd be so fun. And everyone's like, please don't. Whatever you do. It's like, wait, do you understand we don't like this? Wait, yeah, why are you guys doing, doing Lord of the Rings then? Because because it's a it. franchise. It's what they want. It's because, because and also because it is like it's kind of crazy. We never saw it. But like, I feel mm-hmm. like the Marvel movies, Sean Distin's really pushing for this, too. And he mm-hmm. said there's 20 Marvel movies and we could do 20 episodes. And I mean, Which is that's so I do much. kind of see bananas. It's too much. I see how perfect it is, but it is so much. It's so much. And I mean, it is a I've, lot. Never, I've probably seen like two of them. So I think I've seen Ant-Man. I hate to say oh, it. Oh, I've but seen Guardians of the Galaxy. Those two. Once you've already seen, seen Lord of the Rings, you're going to watch Marvel and just be like, 
they're just trying to do Lord of the Rings. Honestly, really I don't is. think so uh, because uh, I don't think there's elves running around celebrating the uh, centennial. I don't know. What is I it mean, called? that's like Thor's whole deal. It's like they're oh, basically elves. Yeah. It's like, I oh. mean, just like tweak the details a little. It's the same thing. All right. Helm's oh, Deep whoa. was the one, the Infinity War. And then like Minas Tirith was like Endgame. It's all the same. Wow. Well, who's the golem of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Loki. Obviously Loki. <laughs> Come fun, on. Fun fact. Oh, who's a Loki? What's that? Uh, the, who's that? <laughs> I'm ashamed of how much I actually do know about comic books, books, and video games because I don't feel like it's on brand with my personality, but unfortunately I do. I mean, why do you know this? I don't know. Lauren, you I just don't ask know. people why they know things. <laughs> like, at some point, Lord of the Rings was tight. Like, I will say, like, yeah. I stand, like, you have, I'm not sure they aged well, but when they came out, my mom, I live, I live on a tiny island, no real movie theater. So we had to drive. Oh, that's to, fascinating. Wait, Where was that? Orcas Island, Washington. That's, oh my God, I've been oh, there. What? I've never been there. Oh my God, why were you there, Lauren? I was there for, um, it was a work thing, but, mm. uh, but yeah, there's a, that's I, so there's cool. a story I could tell, but it was beautiful. Oh my God. Well, we had to go to Seattle to see like the movie when it came out. Right. So we we're like in the theater opening night, having to get a hotel room just so we can see it. Like, I will say I mean, it was extremely cute. difficult to get to Orcas Island. Yes. It took me forever. Yeah. And it was like, Planes, trains, automobiles, like yeah. fully ferry long boat, boat thing. So that's smaller. Plane. That's intense. That, oh wow! Why didn't they have like a little movie theater with just like a projector or something? Like we what, had the Sea View Theater. Sure, but they got the movies like a month and a half, two months after they came out. Oh, like if because we it's weren't so in- hard to get to the island. I see. <laughs> <laughs> I see. But like I remember, like even my mom, like Arwen, when she conjures those horses in the water, she just stood up in the theater and. <laughs> screamed you go girl i started clapping over her i like your mother she's a perfect person that's that's brilliant i love her i really love this because on the last episode i told a story of my mom standing up in a movie theater and screaming at a scary part but it wasn't lord (laughs) of the rings (laughs) no no it was a different movie totally but she was just standing up like screaming i just like our moms like standing up and having reactions to movies like they're not like they're the only people there and as a kid you found it embarrassing but as an adult you're like hell yeah mom (laughs) yeah yeah i think it's fine i'm like that's cool honestly mom mom get it never did that My mom would only just pop her own popcorn and bring our own soda and little Tupperware things. I love that. I would be so embarrassed. But now I'm like, that's the way to do it. Yeah, she was right. Oh my God, you just saved like 40 bucks. Like, why would you not? Like, yes. I mean, she was right. Right? (laughs) Yeah. But as a kid, it was crazy. We used to sneak candy and stuff into and Cokes. And then it's like, you'd have to wait to open your Coke for like a big laugh or something. (laughs) (laughs) As if. As if the uh-huh. ushers were going to like yeah. run in with a light and be like, who opened a Coke? <laughs> Take it, it out. It always felt like that, though. Like I would love for an usher to do that. Shine a light in my face and be like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, they give a shit. They're just teenagers working for minimum wage. Like, they don't care. <laughs> I, I was in a theater once that started playing um, that. It was like some sinister Rooney Mara movie that came out around the same time as Life of Pi. <laughs> it was like the opening credit sequence was like blood pouring all over the counter and that movie started playing by accident in the theater <laughs> full of children to see Life of Pi and it took them like to 20 it. minutes to refix it you so love like they to don't see care it. oh my god you're fine they don't care no. I saw that's the fun 
fun of going to the movies. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh, everything going wrong. I really miss <laughs> it. Like, I think I, I saw Fellowship of the Ring. I think I saw it seven times in theaters. <laughs> seven oh my times? God. That's what is such three dedication. times seven? That's twenty-one hours That's of your life. Who did you did you see that fast math? <laughs> I was going like, how do well? How much was the ticket at the time? So it was probably twelve dollars <laughs> times seven. You're at a hundred dollars. I spent a hundred dollars <laughs> to see this movie. And by the way, Nicole, twenty-one hours is not nearly enough because I have rewatched it at least a dozen times since. I, am I think I've probably shocked. spent a week of my life on these films. <laughs> I am truly shocked by the veracity at which people love Lord of the Rings. Like, to sit and watch a three-hour movie more than one time is wild to me. But people you know who love what? it are like, all the time, all the time it's I'll sit like, and watch it. Mm-hmm. You know how people who are like big time into Disneyland after like their fourth or fifth visit, they're mm-hmm. like, I don't go for the rides. I go for the ambiance. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing with yeah. these movies. Like, you just want to sink into the world, like Avatar style, Fern Gully style. You know what I mean? Like, You want to be a part of this lore. That really made me miss Disneyland. (laughs) No, it works for me. Well, should we jump into the Shire Wire really quick? Let's jump right into it. There is a 100 million year old fish in Kerala named after a Lord of the Rings character. It looks like a dragon, swims like an eel, and has remained hidden for 100 million years until very recently. After a social media post made a researcher in Kerala, which is a state on the southwestern Malabar coast of India, curious, a type of fish was discovered in the watery underground rocks of the state that scientists have named Gollum after the dark and conflicted character of Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. Um, Enigmachana Gollum belongs there. You go, got that. Belongs to an mm-hmm. old family of fish called dragon snakeheads, which retains its primitive characteristics after all these millennia. It's likely that Gollum would have remained unknown for longer without the power of social media. And at the beginning of 2018, Rajiv Raghavan, a fish researcher at Kerala University of Fisheries and Ocean Studies, saw a post on social media of a curious fish that a person found in a well in the backyard. And that's how they got this fish. How? And it looks like a. Well, Nicole, do you want to describe it? It looks like a dick. Thank you. Lauren knows what I love. (laughs) Is this, I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with this segment. Is this fan fiction or this is true? This This is is true. This is our new segment, real stuff that's out in the world that's Lord of the Ringsy. Yeah, this is a scaly dick. This, uh, did you say this fish is a hundred million years old? Yeah, I really breezed through it. Old. I breezed through it, but it's it's remained hidden for a hundred million years. Wait, I'm sorry. A How fish is alive that? for a hundred. This sounds wrong. A fish is alive for a hundred million years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the species or this singular uh, fish? Uh, the species. Oh, that's a relief. Okay, if you but have it, to tell me. Long- <laughs> It's it's from an old family of fish. They have primitive characteristics, which is how I guess they were able to deduce that it was this old. Mm-hmm. The dick, the dick looking. It looks like a prehistoric dick. <laughs> it does look like a prehistoric dick. I wonder if any cave ladies used it as a dilly doe. Just kidding. Um, but like a hundred million years is such a long time to be swimming. Can you imagine? I would. I would just be like. I'm I would tired. literally be. Couldn't hell. be us. Yes. No, no, we wouldn't do it. I definitely. Bless God for these legs. Bipedal, never going back. Thank you. (laughs) This is so wild. Like, it's just so nuts that there's so many things in the ocean that we don't know. The ocean is terrifying. 
I think the ocean is so scary. That's why I feel like we should not be wasting our time with space. Like we we need to figure out what's here first. That is such a good point. There's so much going right? on like, down there. They mm-hmm. haven't even categorized. Fuck you. And we're trying to go to like the moon where we already know there's nothing. I don't mm-hmm. care about the moon. Oh, no, the moon is wet, to be fair. But wait, the moon's wet. I don't well, think now I, I know that. it's wet, which, you know. Oh, yeah. We Everyone just found got, out. got a news alert that the moon was wet. <laughs> I feel left out. I just got a text from NASA. It's like, the moon's wet. Bye. It literally just said, moon's wet. (laughs) (laughs) But I think if you can send that rocket that high, you can send one that low. I want to see what's down there. Same. Who knows how many friends Gollum's got in there? You know what I mean? I would like to Probably so many friends. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, he can't be the only thing from 100 million years ago. It's so crazy. The planet is nuts. Space is nuts. And we're just like arguing over politics. Like, it's so crazy. Like, if you think about how the volume of the universe. Well, that's what I hate. That's no, that's what I hate so much because I just think, yes, wait, we could all just be having like a good time. And then instead people do like really horrible things to each other when like we don't need to at all. And everything would be fine. And rich people would still be really rich and poor people would still be poor. And like, but we'd all be like happier and then whatever. Sorry guys, it kind of sounds like you're talking about the central arc of Lord of the Rings right now. Oh, sorry. Uh, Sorry to bring it back. It's like pretty similar themes here. I love how you're keeping us on task. Lauren and I were like, oh, we'll talk about anything else. The moon's wet. And you're like, actually the Lord of the Wings is wet. The Lord of the Wings. Well, like, look, I would never have connected that to that story. And if so that if is that is true, true I watch 30 hours of it. <laughs> Wait, should we take a break? Yeah. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, wow. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Ooh, 
Do you want to make your mom smile? Start Mother's Day with flowers or surprise her with gifts from the brand she loves. And guess what? It's delivered with the same day with DoorDash. Get 50% off your next order of up to $15 when you spend $15 plus on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now on DoorDash. And the promo code is NEWCOMERS. Listen, moms are a gift. I know that best. So give her the best this Mother's Day. Select from hundreds of expertly crafted bouquets to the best of tech to self-care essentials delivered right to the door. Get 50% off your next order up to $15 when you spend $15 plus on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now with the code NEWCOMERS. That's NEWCOMERS. Order using DoorDash today. Terms apply. Get a Mother's Day gift as unique as she is with DoorDash. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Um, okay, so let's get into it. Lord of no, Return of the King was written by Romeo Mueller, um, directed by author Arthur Ran Rankin Jr. and Jules Bass. It was released on May 11th in 1980. Okay, so we have on good authority, Miel, that you are a big fan of the 1977 film Hayabit, made by the same producers, production company, and writer that worked on this film. So how do these two films compare to you? How do mm. they stack up? Mm. Do we do we love them both? Mm. Well, okay. Was there a separate Lord of the Rings cartoon made by the same animator, or they went just Hobbit to this? Yes. There was a different guy, Ralph Bakshi, who did Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And it was really weird. It was mu- it was very different. It was more like trippy and like different mixed media sort of thing. Yeah, and they did like live action-y stuff. They tried to cram all three books into just this one animated movie. Is that right? Yeah, but then it was, I think it's supposed to be two movies because it ended before the ring went into the fire, right? No, like with the with the with the Lord of the Rings one, he thought he was going to make a second one, so that that movie cuts off. So this is just a separate the entity half of the story, really, or like okay, so they just were like, and okay, this so is just no totally comparing that to the Hobbit because the Hobbit is a singular story. Like as a movie, I can mm-hmm. follow. Let's fuck up yeah. this dragon. Like that's pretty easy. I got that. But to be like, let's do three incredibly dense novels as a quick movie. Half this movie is like Gandalf telling you shit that's already happened, and he's like, yeah. And then, um, by the way, yeah, like uh, we got the ring, Bilbo, and so then we took it, and there was. Don't worry about that fellowship, <laughs> and um. Yeah, and then I guess we start here with we we fucked with Shelob yeah. for a second, and then now we're here at the Black Gate. Like, 
what is happening? Yeah, so this one apparently is trying to pick up a little bit where the the Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings one left off, even though it's a different filmmaker, because they didn't get to make the second one, I guess. But it's still like, it, that is just like, wait, why would you do that? I feel like that's such a weird move. Like if somebody made, no. I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't happen with anything. Like if somebody made the first part of something, you're like, I want to see what the end's like. I'm going to make it. And then like, <laughs> you just do that. Like it doesn't. It's like, it's like someone was like super coked out and just wanted to write the one scene. Like I think half this movie, honestly, is just Sam trying to get back to Frodo when he's been mm-hmm. taken by the orcs and stripped of his mithril. Like literally half the movie is just that scene. And it's like such a fleeting scene. So I really think someone just coked out of their mind and was like, y'all, I want to see what that orc castle is about like let's focus on the stripped of his what the mithril yeah the elven you know metal cloak he wears it's like lightweight and protects him from the cave troll yes you remember she does she does let's walk through the plot and it'll start to be really clear (laughs) as we get mad about it um god why are these all so long okay so this is the plot so the film begins with bilbo baggins celebrating his 129th birthday in rivendell When he notices that Frodo is missing a finger, he asks for an explanation and Gandalf introduces the minstrel of Gondor to recall the story of the one ring going all the way back to when Bilbo found it in Gollum's cave many decades prior. And by the way, this scene (laughs) is so Uh slow and it's the beginning of the movie and it's his birthday and he's like, it's my birthday. And we're like, especially knowing there's like a musician sitting there waiting to sing his tune. And he's like, "Mm, Frodo of the nine fingers. Not yet. Oh my God. Frodo of the nine fingers. Not yet. Okay, so a flashback begins with the ring sitting in Bag End. As the years pass, the po- its power grows stronger and stronger. Gandalf takes notice of this and tells Frodo that the ring must be taken to Mordor and destroyed in the fires where it was wrought. Should Frodo fail, all of Middle-earth will be ended by the ring's maker, Sauron. Frodo and his companion <laughs> Samwise depart for the Shire of Mordor. After many daring adventures, they reach Mordor's borders, only for Frodo to be captured and imprisoned in Centronella Orngol. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, um, <laughs> wait, what was it? Mordor's borders should be like a warm up for like theater. <laughs> Mordor's borders. Mordor's borders. Mordor's borders. Red leather, yellow leather. Mordor's borders. Mordor's borders. <laughs> New York unique. New York unique. Mordor's borders. <laughs> Uniquely like a really evil boarding house. <laughs> mm, I'm here for it. Or it's like the evil version of Borders <laughs> Bookstore. Rest in peace. I don't think they exist anymore. Oh, my God. I that used to be stores. fun to go there. I guess they still exist. Mm. Maybe I should frequent them more. I miss books. I forgot how to read. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Sam, after trying and failing to infiltrate the tower, takes it upon himself to be ring bearer in Frodo's absence and heads for Mount Doom. But he's stopped when he feels the ring's weight growing on him and a strong temptation to claim it for himself almost overcomes him. He stops himself when he realizes that he already has everything he could ever want back home. Realizing he's not fit for the task, he makes his way back to Sirith Ungul to rescue Frodo. After successfully infiltrating the tower and fighting his way to Frodo, Sam returns the ring to him and disguised as orcs, they manage to escape just as the tower collapses. That's so funny that he's like, (laughs) wow, my friend's dead. That sucks. I'm going to keep going. I'll see you, my guy. And then like only once he realizes he's too weak to carry the ring, he's like, I guess I'll go back. (laughs) There was no emotion in this movie. Like, no. I feel like I felt nothing. There was no stakes. It was just like these fucking bobbleheads bopping around, trying to get this ring. And like, Sam always has this like voiceover for like what he's thinking, but no other character has that. Yeah. I mean, 
it, this movie was just so fucking weird. And then I was like, it's so much different than the live action Return of the King. It was very confusing for me. Well, and I think this is something that we're struggling with a little bit that like we now essentially know the story, but we're mm-hmm. just rewatching it in all these different ways. And it's like, oh my God, like <laughs> who cares? You know what I mean? <laughs> also, like they're betraying their own storyline. Like, I don't remember this part that well, but in the movie we just watched, there's like this lit vial that Sam uses to break into Sirith Ungol or whatever. And mm-hmm. like when he asks Frodo, yo, what was that thing? He's like, I can't tell you or it won't work. And it's just never addressed again. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's that thing that Galadriel gave yeah. him, right? And that's what like shines in the light when they're getting attacked by Shelob. Like that's the same thing or or not. I don't I know what it was. So. I don't know. Well, meanwhile, at the uh, fucking <laughs> Galandrablal capital of Minas Trifith, uh-huh. Gandhi and Pippin bear witness as the forces of Mordor prepare, prepare to attack the city. Mm-hmm. They turn to Den Denethor for help, trying to reassure him that thanks to the Red Arrow King Theoden and the army of Rohan are on their way. But they are dismayed to discover that the steward has gone mad, referring to vision seen through a plantar, which is a seeing stone, of the West burning. He orders his own demise, leaving Gandhi and Pippin to face the invasion with Gandhi beginning to lose hope. So, yeah, I remember this in the live action one. This is where Pippin's song It's Faramir. They cut Faramir from this whole movie. Yes! Okay. Okay, that's what I Mm. thought, but I wasn't sure. Because Faramir has to, like, Faramir dies. No, he tries to kill Faramir, but then he dies. Faramir's wounded protecting that town. I can't remember the name of that white town, like, just mm-hmm. in the field. And so then they retreat. He's retrieved. He's, like, badly wounded, but definitely still alive. And Denethor is like, nah, he's dead. And both my sons are dead now because he's also Den- Boromir's dad, who dies in the fellowship protecting the little hobbits. Mm-hmm. So he's like... Well, I guess we all better die now because there's no more steward of Gondor and I don't want to live to see Aragorn take this back because he fucking hates that guy. So then he orders himself. I guess without Faramir, though, he just wanted to die. I don't know what his motive is. (laughs) He's just crazy and wants to be dead now. Okay, I guess it's kind of relatable. The amount of knowledge in your brain. I was like, what? You just rattling off these names. I'm truly so <laughs> lost, but I shouldn't be because, because we've seen this in two I've, iterations. I've been spending so many hours <laughs> with this tale, and I feel that I should know more. But I, but I do know a lot. You know, I have. I, I think these moments. I, I, you know, I wanted to. I want to talk badly about myself, but I also feel like I have retained a lot, and there you is have. a lot that I've learned. Um, and I've grown in really bad ways. So. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I feel like in that way you're really relating to Gollum's plight in this movie. Yeah. Anyway, back to you, Lauren. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. No, no. Keep doing that because I need to feel like what I'm saying has a connection I, to what we're talking about. So yes. I got you. In Mordor, Frodo and Sam press their way on with Frodo becoming weaker and weaker as they progress. At one point, they're mistaken for orcs and are forced to join a legion heading back to Sirith on Ghoul. When a legion of Easterlings prevents the orcs from going any further. Sam begins a riot between the two armies, allowing him and Frodo to escape. Once they're out of sight, they find a cave and spend the night there. 
After days of searching, Frodo and Sam arrive at Mount Doom, only to find Gollum waiting for them. He attacks the two, trying to seize back his precious. Sam holds him off, allowing Frodo to make for the cracks of doom. When (laughs) Sam follows, he finds Frodo reluctant to finish the task. The power of the ring overtakes him, and he claims it as Sam is forced to watch in horror. The other day, I actually made a Precious's joke. (laughs) Hell yeah. And I was like, this is it. This is what's happening. It's changing. Like it's like All it was right. my natural Tell reaction. Us the joke. No, it wasn't Tell like us a, the, I'm like a proud like, mom. It wasn't like a joke, but it was like Mike said something that sounded like Gollum, and I was like precious is or whatever. And then I was like, this is not. I'm not happy. Like Mike I'm not happy that this loved is- that so much. He was he like, went oh, like, oh, oh that is- was like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that's accurate. Yeah, you used that correctly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I thought he'd be a slightly happier. He was just kind of like, oh, yeah. Is he big time into Lord of the Rings? Yeah, he knows it. This is my husband, and he knows it like pretty um, well. And he's read all the books and seen all the movies, and he's much more into it than I am. So. He's been really, um, I think, enjoying this process for me, but also frustrated (laughs) because he'll hear me doing the podcast and just saying things wrong. And he's like (laughs) across the room like, no, like, oh, my God, how do you not know who that is yet? Like, oh, my God. I do feel like this is the part that makes me so sad, though. Like in any iteration, when Frodo, like after this whole time at the very end, he's corrupted at the very end. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like watching the live action was the best way for yes. me to retain the story. Like, I think I could see the emotion. I could feel the stakes of it much more. Like with these cartoons, it it's so flat and like, mm-hmm. like just emotionally that like, I just don't care what happens. Like, I'm like, kill them all. <laughs> like, it's just like, there's also <laughs> no, there's no blood. There's no blood. Like yeah, he gets his no finger blood. chomped it's off. Not, yeah, it's it's not it's not realistic. This cartoon was not realistic. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's why I can't mm-hmm, watch cartoons. <laughs> yeah, it's just not like real life. <laughs> that's honestly how I feel though in this last scene, especially because like again, Gollum. I'm gonna say it again. I couldn't stop thinking about it. Prequel to Shape of Water ass, just walking around. It's like that's he's certainly yes. amphibious, mm-hmm. but fine. Then like he chomps the finger off. The finger doesn't stop being invisible once he chopped it off. We don't even mm-hmm. see that he chomped the finger off. We only know he's missing the finger because of our minstrel singing Frodo of the Nine Fingers. <laughs> this whole fucking movie. <laughs> Which, by the way, to name someone by their, like, differently abled feature is so fun. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think mm-hmm. Frodo liked that song? That was so mean. <laughs> He's like, I'm so much more than that. And by the way, that just happened. Like, I have, like, a whole life of, like, other things. Like, he literally oh saved God. the world and he's being relegated to Frodo of the Nine Fingers. Listen, everyone needs to be humbled, Okay. So we got to keep Frodo down to earth and call him Frodo Nine Fingers. That's fine. He's going to die anyway. That also makes me so sad. Yeah. (laughs) They all die. Whatever. It's fine. (laughs) Whatever. It's fine. I felt like, too, this would have been a good opportunity. It was unclear to me when Sam went power hungry for like a quick second with the ring. Mm -hmm. And he like imagines all the plants growing back. That is something that was skipped in the even the live action movies that does happen because Galadriel gives him a seed. And when all is said and done, they go back to the Shire, all proud of themselves. And the Shire has just been like ravaged and burned by orcs and just totally gone. 
And they're so devastated. And then Sam's like, wait, let me plant this seed. And it replenishes all the green. And it, cause he's a gardener, right? That's his whole thing. But oh. that was completely cut from the movies. And then I feel like alluded to in this, but then played off as like a dream sequence. <laughs> I don't understand How any of it. How thick are these books? Um, so heavy. <laughs> My God. Infinite Jess could never. <laughs> Should okay, we keep well, going on this? Where did we go? Yes, let's keep going. Theoden's forces arrive at Pelennor Fields just as the gates to Minas Tirith are broken down. But the tides turn when the Witch King of Angmar attacks and kills Rohan's king. Coming to avenge her uncle, Eowyn sheds her soldier disguise and with Mary's help slays the Witch King. At the same time the battle is won, Aragorn arrives and plans an attack on Mordor. When they arrive at the Black Gate, the mouth of Sauron mockingly advises that they turn back. Aragorn stands his ground, refusing to back down. It's just crazy. It's crazy that they just, they've been fighting for fucking days. Like mm-hmm. they for sure haven't eaten a meal, slept, shit, pissed, anything, not remotely nice. <laughs> and they finally, it's over. And Aragorn's like, nah, we're going to go to the Black Gate now. Like he doesn't take one <laughs> second. Like just a day. He's like truly that noble. I'm exhausted. Yeah, like, let's chill. Let's regroup. <laughs> like let's take a nap. I, I think let's you're brush right. your hair. Well, he's got a mission and he's our hero. So if the hero's not forcing people to do shit, I guess they're not a hero. That's really what a hero is, isn't it? It's just like someone who's like, you're doing it. I don't care mm-hmm. if you don't want to. <laughs> yeah. I liked when Air Erwan, when she was Arwen? like, I'm a Eowyn? woman. I, <laughs> oh, I enjoyed it. Eowyn. <laughs> yeah. I liked it. She yeah. was the prettiest thing to look She's at so in this hot. thing. She's like it one was, of those fairy illustration books. I'm obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did her dirty in the movies. I don't think they made her hot enough, the live action ones. I agree with you. She was a little, I don't want to say homely, just like kind of like matronly. Yeah. It was yeah. like, come on. She's like a warrior. Make her hot. Like give mm, her a good yeah. thick braid, you know? Ooh, a good thick braid for jump rope. At the same <laughs> time, Sam searches for Frodo in Mount Doom and finds Gollum fighting with him for the ring. Gollum bites off his finger and reclaims the ring. As he dances with joy, he loses his footing and falls into the uh, magma chamber, simultaneously killing himself and destroying the ring. Sauron Ser- is finally vanquished as Mount Doom begins to collapse. This fucking bugged me out. It was like the camera was shaking. I was like, how is this happening? It's a cartoon. Frodo and Sam attempt to escape and they're almost killed by the flowing lava when they're rescued by the eagles. Uh, They're taking the band. The band comes (laughs) and plays them away to minus minus where they witness Aragon's coronation. Donald Fagan just blasting Hotel California. <laughs> I would love that if that I happened. also would like it. I'd be like, this is a fun turn. The crossover we just sang in this. <laughs> I could, did you guys catch that when they're like, the, the hobbits truly accept death here, running away from the magma, and they're like, have a happy death, Samwise. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's over. I just for one Bye. second wish we could see like a shred of humility and just have them like screaming. You know what I mean? <laughs> Something. <laughs> for real. Imagine that being your last words on this planet. Have a happy death to you, my good man. <laughs> oh my God. And the same to you, Master Frodo. Like it's too much. Oh, here's a question that you might know. Why is Frodo Sam's master? I guess he's his gardener. I think there's like a case system in the Shire, <laughs> honestly. Oh. Mm. Because he's like not really, I think, supposed to be inside. And I think that's also why he like wants to make good with him so badly is because he's like, please let me be on your level. 
Mm, but in the movie, that they're just friends, right? Like, no, they don't he's really still his partner. Yeah, he calls him. I think Master, he calls him Master Frodo. Frodo. Yeah, I think he oh, also I is just like a you. real um, bottom. I think that's just his energy. Okay. Fair. Yeah. yeah, he's like yeah. really wanting to be do- dominated. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. As the minstrel ends the tale, Frodo agrees to come with Bilbo, Elrond, and Gandalf as they prepare to set sail into the West and to the Undying Lands, leaving Middle-earth forever. He passes on the Red Book of Westmarch to Sam, saying that he will finish it with stories of his peaceful life in the Shire. Gandalf reassures Sam that someday his kind will have human descendants, and when they hear the tale of the ring, they will wonder, is there hobbit in me? Is there? At the Grey Haven, Sam, Merry, and Pippin watch from afar as a ship with Frodo, Elrond, Gandalf, and Bilbo on board disappears into the West. We did it. Wow. That's hella sad. Like, you're mm-hmm. talking about, like, the, the like, in, the integration of hobbits to the point that they no longer exist. And they're supposed to be like, hell yeah. Cool. Gandalf's like, look, you're bigger than him and he's bigger than you. Like, you guys are evolving out. We don't need you anymore. Tight. Anyway, I'm going to go die. See you later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, I think that was misspoken. Frodo does not. Ex- I don't think he like accepts to go. He literally begs. <laughs> He's like, "Can I please die too? I don't want to live here yeah. anymore." Wait, Everyone calls me die? Frodo Nine Fingers. That's where they go. But the Undying Lands, they die there. I mean, it's like a metaphor, right? Like oh, they're definitely all right, going all to right, like all right. another world. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like sail the ship into the cosmos, kind of a thing. Fair. Okay. Like they can't exist anymore. Okay. Well, I think we should jump into the awards section. Yes. This got zero awards. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then the, the reception for the animated TV special is varied. Some commentators view it affectionately as an adaptation which children and parents can enjoy together. However, others regard it with disdain, comparing it unfavorably to Ralph Bakshi's earlier animated film and Peter Jackson's later live action film. And Glenn Yarborough's songs are widely derided, although some admit to a campy affection for the surprisingly tuneful orc marching song where there's a whip, there's a way. (laughs) (laughs) Or the ballad Frodo of the Nine Fingers. So some people like that one. Some people really do like it. Some people are wrong, unfortunately. (laughs) Stephen D. Gray Donis of Decent Films Guide gave it a C. He said, works even less well than The Hobbit, which is really a children's story. Overbearing folk ballad soundtrack doesn't even gesture lyrically to Tolkien's, or Tolkien's poetry. And the director, Arthur Rankin Jr., later stated, we tried to do Return of the King, but it is an awful lot to put into it. I think Jackson is having the same problem in his films. You can't deviate from these books or somebody will wait on the street for Mm -hmm. you. The Return of the King, we had to summarize from what happened before and then put it all together in two hours. It's not a very good film. The director says that about his his own own film? I want to cry. Wow. They're all very sad folks. That is sad. That is sad. I feel like I read something else too that he said that like, he didn't think an audience would want to hear all the nitty gritty details, so he skipped them. And then after seeing Peter Jackson's version, he was like, I guess I was wrong. (laughs) Mm-hmm. No, that's literally yeah, that's the our next, next trivia bit. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, no, you're no, that's cool. Asked why he chose to only make the Return of the King instead of making the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy, Rankin admitted, "I didn't know that the audience would sit for it. I was wrong." Oh. Man, he's hard on himself. Yeah. Poor Arthur. The film garners sixty-seven percent fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is pretty high. I think that yes. I don't think you can look at Rotten Tomatoes for any movie that was released before Rotten Tomatoes because I think the people that go through and retroactively rate something that came out are people who have like a fondness for it. Mm. That's so true. Right? Well, 
let's jump into this trivia. So many Tolkien fans were disappointed when Ralph Bakshi's 1978 adaptation of Lord of the Rings covered only the first two books. And when it became clear that Bakshi would not produce a sequel, Rankin and Bass, Bass, I always want to say Bass, finished the story with this TV movie. And many Tolkien fans agree that Bakshi's film was a more mature and detailed adaptation of Tolkien's stories. The characters of Gimli and Legoland do not appear in this film, despite being major characters in The Lord of the Rings. Both their fathers being characters in the previous Rankin-Bass-based production, The Hobbit. Gimli's father is the dwarf (laughs) Glowin, while Legoland's (laughs) father, Thandradol, is the king of the elves in Mirkwood. Interesting. And it's possible that Faramir makes a brief appearance. There is an unidentified man who has no lines of dialogue mm. accompanying Eowyn on horseback during yeah. Aragorn's coronation, and the two of them exchange knowing looks. They, Ooh, couldn't, no af- they couldn't afford another voice actor. Uh, the original <laughs> working title was Frodo, The Hobbit 2. Honestly, I no, wish I it was called I that. I love that. I love sequels that are like returning to a mountain or whatever. Like, I love it. Oh, no. I love that. I love the idea of calling it Frodo, The Hobbit <laughs> 2. I feel like usually if you do a sequel, you don't put like a random name at the front, right? Like, mm-hmm. it would just be The Hobbit 2. Like, Well, I like Frodo, this because it's Hobbit like, two. Frodo's a hobbit as well. Frodo, The Hobbit 2. Frodo back in The Hobbit. Frodo back in the Hobbit. Yeah, back in the Hobbit. Yeah, that's yeah. John Milheiser said honestly, that one time, and he laughed for a full day. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so I'll tell him that you said it, and he'll be tee hee heeing for another couple hours. Maybe someone I mean, can right draw us. Um, I think someone should draw the poster for Frodo back in the Hobbit. Ooh, and please do Frodo in a in a nun costume in mm-hmm. the Shire, and the nun costume has literally nothing to do with it because it's not even the habit. Yeah, <laughs> and then you're gonna have to put some big. I think she's wearing red pumps in the uh, original poster, Ooh. so you're gonna have to put some pumps on Frodo. Um, and this is the only thing I wish to be tagged in uh, in the coming <laughs> yes, months yes. and years. This is it. I don't want to look at anything else. <laughs> I um, um and I don't know that you can <laughs> go ahead. No, no, you go. No, go ahead. No, I will, I will not. It's your turn to speak. <laughs> I, it, honestly, you must go. <laughs> you, I was going to go into the next trivia. Thou shall I... not pass. <laughs> <laughs> She's seen Lord of the Rings. Okay, okay. I'll get you really far at Comic Con. <laughs> wow. <sighs> I'm still not going to say what I was going to say, Lauren. Okay, that's fine, Lauren. That's totally fine. (laughs) Okay, so it was originally planned as a two-hour feature to air in the fall of 1979, but it was pushed back to May 1980, and the runtime was reduced to one hour and 38 minutes. And we are not sad about that. They cut stuff out of an animated movie? Maybe they're time travelers and heard our complaints, went back in time, edit this for the good of humanity. Yeah, but that's like such a fuck you to the animators. (laughs) (laughs) Make them animate shit that didn't make it in the movie. That's so true. That is. They had to sit there for like months, like doing scenes, hand drawing, cut. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The release was threatened by a lawsuit filed by the Tolkien Estate and Fantasy Films, the production company behind the 1978 Lord of the Rings, on the basis that Rankin Rankin Bass Base had not secured the U.S. and Canadian television rights to the book. The lawsuit was settled amicably. Aw. I want to know what that means. They were just like, oh, my bad. And they're like, oh, okay, you said you're bad. 
Go ahead. <laughs> I feel like there was some probably some money involved. <laughs> mm. Oh so yes, much. maybe. Yes, that sounds that sounds more yeah, accurate. But that was what made it amicable. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably what made it. Yeah, people got paid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so everyone was happy. Oh, well, we really did it. I mean, there. I don't think we there did. could be more to say about this. I don't. I have think one. So I have one more thing to say, and Ooh. that is okay. Great. If I can, um, I think Sauron. We really. I'm not sure if you've covered this in previous episodes, but I think one thing that has been glossed over largely in culture is that Sauron is ultimately a jeweler. <laughs> I oh, think- I guess. Yeah, he's he whittled a ring and wants it back. Yeah, he's just a jeweler. I think that really helps humanize his That's, eyeball. That does. Okay, that really okay. does. Yeah. I'm here for that. There's nothing to be scared of. He's just like a Geppetto motherfucker. <laughs> he's passionate. He's a craftsman. <laughs> yeah. I get it. I appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, well, my God. Well, we've arrived. You made it fun to talk about at this. At the end, it was fun to speak to you about this. It would have been fun to talk about something I liked. I wish I liked this. I like oh. want to like Lord of the Rings. And like some of the comments people have said on Twitter are, man, I really wanted them to enjoy this. They really seem to hate it. And that's yeah, that's true. But don't you remember at the beginning when like I did like it and it was weird and I was like, I can't believe I kind of like this movie a little. Yes. And now we've swung back full circle to this is bad. Yeah. I think you're going to hate anything you have to like inundate yourself with so completely. Like I think the premise of the podcast is not help you in enjoying things. (laughs) I just wish it was a little goofier. Yeah. Well, that's why I like the Hobbit Hobbit movies were so silly. Very goofy, goofy. But, like, I don't know. I think it helps for sure. Like, if you notice throughout the movies, like, they are definitely getting high on bag, pipe weed, bagweed, what's it called? Like, all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure if you were just high and you watched them, you might relate to them a bit more. Like, I think that it is helpful to be stoned while watching these movies for sure. And I haven't been during any of them. And that's, like, a huge problem, I think. Like, I, I feel like I've been like, I need to remember what's happening and I have to stay yes. awake and whatever. Yes. And, like, I think your next newcomer should be on trying different hard drugs. You know, <laughs> just do, done, do an episode on each one. I've done enough. Newcomers of them. crack. We're like, we've never yes, done newcomers it. crack. And all the episodes are just like crack is fun. Um, I just I've been smoking. We're a lot like, of crack. I took apart the TV. And like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if crack would make you. Well, do that, I but. tried watching Star Wars stoned and I got too high. I can't remember what we were watching. I think it might have been Rogue One. But I was like staring at the TV for maybe 15 minutes. And I turned to John and I was like, who are these people? And he's like, the same ones that have been there. And I was like, "Okay, I can't. I have to pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. It's too hard. (laughs) I also think it helps, especially if something as dense as Lord of the Rings or like Game of Thrones, something where there's like a text to be referred to. It mm-hmm. really helps to watch it with someone who can mm. like pause every 10 yeah. seconds and be like, okay, so here's who that person is. Because I don't think even Harry Potter, like they can't possibly explain it well enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just flies through. Yeah. Uh, but this movie though did not even for uh, me, I will say, if it makes you feel any better as a huge <laughs> fan of this series, yeah. this movie, <laughs> I was like, okay, it's gotta be almost over. And I was like five minutes in. Oh my yeah. God. I know. I know. I was 30 minutes in and it was like, Still had a full hour plus, and I was like, I think this is not going to be fun for me. But we did it, and we it was great. Did and <laughs> Miel, do you have anything you would like to plug? Mm, I mean, you kind of plugged everything I have at the top. Listen to Punch Up the Jam, stream tourist season. That's it. Well, that's very exciting. Oh, well, check out Lord of the Rings, you guys. I think they need more eyes on this. <laughs> <laughs> 
And we have our little battle of, oh, we should do our plugs, yes. Nicole. What do you have to plug? Um, I'm going to plug uh, my Patreon for 90 Day Bay. Me and my friend Marcy talk about 90 Day Fiance. And if you want to listen to me talk about something that I love and I'm very passionate about, that would be it. That's great. And I, I I also have a Patreon. I've been doing lots of improv. I'm bringing back with special guest Lauren Lapkus on there. And I'm doing Ooh. watch-alongs for movies. I did The Witches, The Old <gasps> and The New Witches. So if you need something a little fun. How was the new one? Not to, don't give too much away. But did you like I it? I really liked it. Okay. Yeah, I did. I did. But I mean, um, I think I, I think that might be not the popular opinion, which is interesting. Mm. But hey. That it's, I think is the whole premise of this podcast. I feel like it's it's what the <laughs> Hobbit, the live action Hobbit was as compared to like Lord of the Rings. It kind of felt like it tonally did a similar thing from the old witches to the new witches. Mm. Yes, it's it's a really different tone at first that you have to adjust to. But then I thought it was really fun. But the old one is way scarier. OK, well, we're now at the battle of the five star segment. Uh, this is a segment where we read your five-star reviews. You can leave a review in your favorite podcast platform for a chance for us to read it. This one is 77 Gollum is a terror and a nightmare by Battleborn Bitch on Apple Podcasts. This podcast is fantastic and a true dream, but 1977 Gollum is not cute. Watching that movie is one of my earliest memories. Another is that I spent my childhood nights terrified tiny Gollums were stacking themselves to get into my bed, steal my blanket, and eat me. <laughs> I even skipped past the intro in the podcast because it gave me the willies. I had no idea how much this movie scarred me, but Nicole and Lauren are the only people I would brave this horror for. Happy hobbiting. Thank you, uh, Battleborn bitch. Uh, We'll be back (laughs) next week with something uh, only about 10 years old instead of 40. I wonder what that is. Maybe it's a kid. Ooh, I hope we're (laughs) reviewing a child. (laughs) Bye-bye. That was a HeadGum Original.